Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening and welcome, welcome. This is the Bleed Talent Network. This is our show called Game Face. And if you're listening, I hope you got your game face on. Because if you don't, you probably should be at some of the podcasts. I am Richard the Razor Ewing. I'm on with my wingman, my pal, Mike the Shoe Schumann. Mike, what do we got? Well, we got a lot of things going on in baseball. And who better to join us than former Giants uh, right-handed pitcher Bill Lasky. Wait, First man, of all, Bill, said, thanks wait, for joining. You got the Lasky in here? The Lasky, yeah. <laughs> you got the, wow, that's huge. Okay. What, 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 all right, 1982, he's a rookie, had 13 wins, uh, all-rookie team, and uh, got seven years out of the majors, a kid out of Toledo, Ohio. Wow, and, look at that. And via Kent State. And, Bill, before we get started here, I was reading your bio. <clears throat> in 82, you made the all-star team. And Tommy Lasorda – Apparently, from what I read, talked you into re- giving up your spot for Phil Necro, who was supposedly about to retire. So tell that story. So you want me to start off talking bullshit about Tommy Lasorda right <laughs> yeah. off the bat, huh? So I, I have no problem doing that because I hate yeah. the Dodgers, and you know that. So right. that, that's where it all starts off. I, I, I'm orange and black, as you can see behind me. <laughs> the World Series pictures and the old nice frame, old yeah. candlestick park. So, you know, I have no problem in doing that. In 1982, as, as you just said, uh, it was my rookie year. So I was 22, 23 years old, just proud to be in the big leagues. And I started off the first half. I missed a week because I was in AAA. Alan Folks ended up blowing out his elbow. And I came up and I had an unbelievable first half. I was 7-2. and two, with just over a two-point earned run average, two five, two six, and as all-star games happen, the pitching staff's always picked by the manager from the oh, that's right. from the opposing year, the National League and American League. So myself and Greg Minton were both picked up. Greg Minton had a great year that year too, and we got selected to the all-star game, and it was in Montreal, Canada that year. And we just happened to be there three days before the All-Star game. That was when we were finishing. We went on an East Coast trip. So my parents and family and relatives all had uh, flights and hotel reservations to come up to Montreal. I was excited as hell. Steve Sachs and I were the only rookies that year to make the All-Star team. And it was like the first or second day we were in there. And Frank Robinson, who was my manager, uh, had Mike Murphy come out and grab me. And he said, hey, uh, Frank wants to talk to you in the, in the in his in his office. And he's got Tommy Lasorda there. So I'm walking in thinking, hey, Tommy's going to ask me if I can throw an inning, maybe start the game. I was all excited. <laughs> you know, uh, and I walk in, and I walk in, and Frank goes, look, and Tommy Lasorda is going to be calling here in a minute. And, you know, I have no idea what he wants to talk about. So I'm sitting there with Frank and just bullshitting. 
and the phone rings and it's Tommy and he puts it on speakerphone and, and Frank goes, Hey, I, I got Lasky in here. And uh, you know, what are we talking about? And he goes, well, you know, as Tommy would say, you know, Hey, I got a favor to ask and uh, I want to talk to Bill about it. And I'm like, well, I'm right here. And he goes, well, you know, Phil Necro's getting up in age, not really having a great first half. Uh, but I really would like to bring him on on the all-star team. And since you're a rookie and this is your first year, you'll make the all-star teams many more times. And I'm just asking you if you could give up your spot for Phil Necro. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I look at Frank and I'm like, what should I do? And Frank goes, let me put him on, on hold and puts the speakerphone off and I look at him and I'm like, Frank, what does he want me to do? So I'm not going to go to the all-star game? And he goes, hey, it's up to you. It's not up to me. And I'm not going to be that guy that's wow. going to tell you to do it or not. That's your decision. And I go, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? This is Tommy Lasorda, Frank Robinson, you know, two Hall of Fame kind of guys. And, and I'm like, what would you do? And Frank goes, I, I really, Bill, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. So I said, well, let me ask Tommy if I can, you know, think about it. So we get Tommy back on and I said, Hey, Tommy, I said, you know, my parents, my family's all coming up here, a lot of money thrown out here. And, and it's really my first year. Like, can I think about it? And he goes, no, you can't think about it. Wow. You, have to give me, you have to give me that answer right now because Phil's got to get his family and everything up there. And, oh. and this would be, this would be such a, a great move for you as a baseball player, your rookie year to give your spot up to Phil Necro. Well, of course, I said, go ahead, go ahead and do it. Wow. So I fly back. A well, before I even get there, I got on the field and everybody circled me, all the veterans, Daryl Evans, Mooney, I mean, Milton May, all these guys said, what did you just do? And I told them, they're, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you just did that. And I'm like, well, what was I supposed to do? I was 22 years old. Right. Right. So I flew home, flew home. My parents, you know, lost all the money and everything. And I was sitting there and they had mentioned it on the all-star, you know, telecast that Bill Lasky gave up a spot for Phil Necro. You know, I had my ring. I don't know where that ever went. An all-star ring, they give you one. And um, he proceeded now to pitch another six years. I know. proceeded to make two more all-star teams. I never even came close. Oh, that's just, oh. So the, the story's true. I mean, and I always tell people, you go to 1982 and you look at my stats and you look at his stats and you tell me who should have been on that line, yeah. on the first base line and the all-star team. And if you don't select me, you don't know baseball because my numbers just took him right off the football. Or, so I always talk to Steve Sachs. He's a good friend of mine. Steve's just like, man, Tommy did a fast talk to you. And I go, Steve, I had not, I had no direction. I right, know right. And, and, you know, what am I supposed to say? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay. To this day, I wish I would have. But, again, nice guys finish last. Shu knows that. I know that. Richard, you know that. It, yeah. It's something you do. It's done with. It's in the past. It's a story I tell. And uh, to this day, I wish I wouldn't have. But to this day, I'm glad I did because it's the person I am. Well, well and, and Lasorda tried to sell it as, well, Nico's probably going to retire. And then he played seven more years. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah. I, I, I've known you 30 years and didn't know that story. That's this unbelievable story. Okay, but, but uh, yeah, it, what it is, uh, I tell you, Richard, Mike, it, it, what it is is uh, a rookie. respect for your elders. I should have never. I should have never been thrown in that corner. I should have no. not. Frank should have stepped up. Frank should have said no. He's right. not doing it. He should have said, you know what, Tommy, go ask somebody else. He's my player. 
he's going to the right. All-Star. Right. If that was me as a manager, I would have stepped up and said, Tommy, no, no, Bill's going to well, go. Well, he's this is the other part of it. You weigh the two careers and you say mm-hmm. to yourself, okay, Phil Negro's done all this stuff. This guy is trying to build his career. You yeah. don't take that opportunity away from that. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, come on, really? I can't believe Tommy Lissard would even ask you something like that. Uh, well, I can't. that's what they do, though. They pick on the young guys. They pick on the rookies. They pick on guys from other teams. And Minton was Minton was the guy that didn't talk to me for a couple of weeks. He was so mad at me. He couldn't believe it. And I, it was he and I made the all-star team. And he was so perturbed at me. He's just like, you stupid son of a bitch. You know, and I was just like, well, what am I supposed to do, Mooney? I'm a rookie. You know, yeah. Three months in the big leagues. <laughs> and I'm telling Tommy, no, I don't want to do it. So it's over. Like I said, it's a story that I, I tell at All-Star Breaks, it seems like, a hundred times. Uh, true to life story. And I, I tell you, I always tell people, go look at the stats if you don't think I'm, telling, I'm bullshitting you, because that is a true story. And it's something that, you know, the rest of my life I have to deal with. Okay. All right, let's uh, get to the breaking news of the day. The Miami Marlins uh, had 11 players test positive, three in their staff. Their home opener was canceled today, along with the Phillies game against the Yankees because they played the Phillies over the weekend. Now, as I understand, as I understand it, Sunday the players knew that, you know, they had contagious players. They decided to go ahead and play against Philly on Sunday. So, um, we're four days into the season. We've already got a team that's got 11 players, and, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen. But what's your thoughts on it? We talked earlier that uh, it's going to be tough to make it work when you're traveling on planes, staying in hotels, and no curfews on these players. So what are your thoughts about this uh, four days into the baseball season? We've already got issues. Well, I think the number one issue is what did the Miami team do from the hotel? Did they wander out the streets of Philadelphia? They were in Philadelphia for the weekend. They had a good series. They beat them two out of three, you know, and and they were playing good baseball. A lot of the young guys probably went out goofing around like they all do, thinking that they weren't going to, you know, catch COVID. And and sure enough, as you said, Shu, they brought it on and they texted each other saying, hey, you know, I think I'm positive. Should we play? Yeah, let's all play. And and next thing you know, it's almost going to shut down MLB. They suspended games today uh, because of it. And the biggest problem is the 72 hours. They need to do these testing quicker. They need to get results back faster. You know, we look at, we look at Soto in Washington. Opening day, the Nationals have to sit him down because he tested positive uh, 48 hours before, and they just got the, they just got the test back. So it, it's really tough in sports right now, as it is in, in normal life. The testings need to be quicker. They need to have better advancement on it. Um, just like when, when they started doing um, the uh, uh, spring training, too, when they tested right around, you know, when they were coming back. And then all these teams had to stop practice because the testing was around July 4th and nobody could get anything because of the holiday. So it has to – and there's so many billions of dollars in baseball. They should have test, they should have test places all over the United States for these teams. They need to step up if they're going to continue to play Major League Baseball, which they had over the weekend. They need to step up in this testing and get protected quicker. Well, this is the thing, Bill. You know, she and I have talked about this, and we talked about this several weeks back. Um, you know, she and I both agree that this year there really shouldn't be any sports, okay? Because really, at the end of the day, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm a big sports fan. I've been watching sports in the Bay Area for a long time. You know, I played sports. I, I coached it. And one of the things that I made very clear was that as much as I like watching sports, look, I don't want nobody risking their life just to entertain me. I think that's just bad, okay? So, you know, we got a situation that recently happened in the NBA where you had, you know, Rashawn Holmes and just recently Lou Williams, okay? These guys just decided they were going to do their own thing, okay? Now, mind you, the bubble in the NBA, everybody, when you look at all the different franchises, they're, they're all saying that the bubble in the NBA is probably a little more, a little more, you know, uh, I guess the word I would say uh, constructed better, okay, than, say, the MLB. And they still don't know about the NFL how, how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying you got the situation that happened that you just brought out, the fact that you had 11 players in Miami tested positive. And really it just appears that nobody really seems to get a, a, a really a, a, a beat on exactly what these players are doing, when and how and why, and who they're interacting with. So my whole deal is this. The season, in my opinion, I don't believe it's going to continue, okay? Because, I mean, we look at what's happening. Come on, dude, this, this is ridiculous. I mean, come on, really? You, you really think that the season's going to be able to do this when people are testing positive? Do you really think that they're going to be able to maybe even in the middle of the season try to figure out a way to, 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 to repattern this so that, you know, situations like in Miami don't continue? Or do you think it's going to get to a point where they're just going to shut everything down because they can't control it? I hate to say this, Richard, it's going to take a catastrophe. It's going to have a death. Something's going to have to really shut this down. Um, you know, the COVID testing, sure, it's a test, but it's testing positive, which means you have to isolate yourself and you have to isolate everybody around you. Uh, the, the spider web of everybody that you've been around also, uh, uh, it magnifies it. And I, I talked to Shu earlier about this. These guys coming off the road and their families are yeah. waiting for them. You know, and they come walking in the door with kids that are under five and six years old and, and parents and in-laws. And, and then all of that starts breaking out. And we've heard so many different stories on Father's Day where everybody came to visit the grandfather and 15 out of the 18 people were tested positive and the grandfather ends up dying. That story was so prevalent in the beginning and it's got to be having somebody to, to cut the cord and say this isn't going to work we don't want somebody to die we don't want this to happen the miami team's got 15 of their guys out of 30 caught and coaches also so what is it going to stop them and then today i'm reading on twitter the miami marlins are looking for players to fill their roster you know, are you, really are, are you, you serious, serious? Yeah, oh that's my goodness. they're literally out there looking for players that have been released and they're, hey, come on, come on, we need, we got a spot for you, you know, so I don't think Major League Baseball's thinking right here and don't get me started on Manfred because I just don't, <laughs> this commissioner is all for one person and it's the owners and he's doing everything he can for the owners, you've got rules, different, different rules in place, different things happening. And you saw both these guys going head-to-head trying to negotiate something. And it's just not working right now. Sure, some teams are doing it, but other teams, they don't care. I don't think – they think they're unstoppable, and we know that's not the way it's going to go. Well, I think players, too, and you and I talked about this, Bill. When we were, Back in our 20s, we thought we were invincible. So, yeah, we're going to go play. First of all, most of us would have needed the money. Uh, second of all, you know, you, you don't want to give up a career that's short anyway – 
you know, if you, you like Buster could do that because he's a legend, but if you're just a, you know, a guy just barely on the roster, you know, if you don't, you decide not to play, they're going to say, we'll find somebody else, you know? So I, I thought baseball might've had it because they have a natural social distancing on the field. You know, you're 10 feet apart from everybody. You know, so I thought first base would be the most dangerous place, but here we are, and it has to be like you said. They all probably went out of their hotels and got out of uh, where they were supposed to get. So I think it's going to be tough for them to finish. But if not, let's talk about the Giants. Uh, first of all, their manager. Nice uh, segue. Yeah, what, what do you think? I mean, Kapler it seems like a decent guy. Analytics is the new, you know, kind of uh, way to put a baseball team together. But I don't think it works while managing a game, you know. So he doesn't have a starting five. It's just like, I mean, let's start with the manager. What do you think of him so far? Well, I've met Gabe. I've interviewed Gabe, and uh, he's a different dude. There's no yeah. doubt about it. He's a different kind of cat. And, uh, you know, just the way he answers questions, he does it politically, nothing. And every question is, that's a great question, Bill. Let me think about that. Or yeah. let, me, let me give you a, my structured answer for that. Uh, he's an intelligent guy, no doubt. Good baseball guy, knows his baseball. Uh, him and Farhan has, were close back in the Dodger days when uh, Gabe was the minor league director and Farhan was part of that. Or They were both in the minor leagues together, so they got to know each other. And then when Gabe got fired from Philadelphia, he was one of the names that were brought over. And they were talking about the analytics that Bruce Bochy was being weeded out and this new regime coming in was all about analytics. Scouting was going to be gone. All the different uh, priorities that baseball were when Brian Sabian was there when they won three World Series was depleted. And all these new guys were coming in. All the different coaches that he brought in were assistant coaches in analytics, drive time, uh, the, the great company that's supposed to be the greatest thing for pitchers. Uh, all these new analytics were coming in, and that's exactly how they structured this team. Uh, the first four games, the first two games were terrible. They got outscored 17 to two, uh, four mental errors, four physical errors. There was just no chemistry. And then they finally won the third game, five to four, which I saw some unity come back. In, right. and, then, and then yesterday they won three to one, which was a real good game. Um, the bullpen, five and two thirds, uh, zero runs. They threw well. But I've always questioned a manager that doesn't tell you who the starting pitcher is. Right. You don't know what role the bullpen is. You don't know what starters are going to play. And then you take your best shortstop out of the game in your first game in the fifth inning because you want to pinch hit him and you put a rookie there who ends up falling apart. So I don't know where this is going to go. I'm following it just like everybody else. I'm following how they're doing this. So the best thing I can do is I'm watching games just like you and trying to figure out who's pitching next and why they're pitching and who's he going to have up next and what player is going to come in. But there is some talent on this team. There's no doubt about it. Mauricio Dubon, a great player they picked up from Milwaukee. Darren Ruff picked up from Korea Baseball. Dickerson, who they picked up from the Padres. They do have some young talent. And the arms are, are just throwing 98, 99, you know, uh, it, it's just fascinating how hard these guys all throw. But, you know, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, you had this, this you know, the talk of the COVID-19 and you had the baseball season and you weren't even sure we were going to actually have a season. So all of a sudden the season's here and 
you're looking at 60 games and you're trying to basically develop and say to your, your head and your mind thinking, okay, you know what? If, if with 60 games, if a team like say the Giants gets hot, all of a sudden you have, you know, a switch of what you thought of this team. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden this weekend happens and they split with the Jaggernaut, which is the Dodgers. And you got to be asking yourself, okay, I don't know about you, but if I'm a manager of the Dodgers right now, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? We just split with a team that it should have been a sweep. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we only got 60 games. So if this continues, in other words, if we're only doing 50%, okay, if you're the Dodgers, that's not a good look. I'm sorry, you you just you just signed Mookie Betts. You headed him. You backed up the truck, okay? The, the, the Brinks truck to pay this guy. Not to mention the fact that the, the what was it last year? You paid a couple of guys, and you're supposed to have this team that's primed, and you're in the driver's seat because you only got 60 games. So how is it that you let? I want to say the kid down the street because that's who the Giants are right now. You know, they're the kid down the street. They're not. Come on. They're not. They're not the, the bully. They're not. So it's like, how is it that you let the kid down the streets split two games from you? How do you let that happen? Well, Richard, Richard, I don't know if you listened to the game, but Alex Rodriguez called the Dodgers the varsity team and the Giants the <laughs> right. team. And I, I, tell you what, I did hear that. And I thought that was very disrespectful yeah. uh, for a major league player to talk about how these teams diversified. But right. yet, a JV team kicked your ass. Yeah, they did. They, and they did. I, I was and surprised. I was like, I was like, are you kidding me right now? You just, yeah. you just that was disrespectful. And you don't do that to major league teams. And, and Shu knows that too. You, you respect everybody on that field because they're major league players. They are major league players. You got it. Uh, and the ability that they can play just as well as you and beat you only tells you that the grit that they had just whipped your ass yeah. after you beat them 17, 17 runs the first two games to two, and they come back and stop that powerful lineup, and you hit it, bets, you know, 135, I don't know how many millions, 335, the numbers just keep exaggerating. 12 years. Something else. Um, but again, you know, he's a normal player. He can go 0 for 4 just like the guy that's only making minimum wage. So – yeah. You know, it's a game uh, – in baseball, you play every day. 60 games is a sprint. Just remember that. 162 games was the marathon. So every game means something. And when you start beating each other up two to two in a four-game series, that's what you want to do. You don't want to go right. in and lose all four. That's so right. if you come out with a split or you come out winning two out of three, you're in a driver's seat to get in that wild card. And everybody's in the wild card this year, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 16 teams getting into the playoffs, and uh, in some ways, the 60 game could be exciting because you don't have those previous 100 that wear out the pitcher's arms and legs, and you know, so everybody's fresh, and you can just sprint down to the finish. But I just don't see it happening because of what happened in Miami, you know. So, uh, and then the A's on the other side of the bay, they go three and one in their first series, you know, against the Angels. So they're a team that you know could do some damage in the American League. Well, no to, your point, to your point, Shu, I personally believe, and I said this earlier, I, you know, I look at the A's and I tell you something, I'm a Giants fan, but I, I got to respect the A's just for everything that they are. You know, they're a franchise that really, in my opinion, they, they're not paid well and they should be. You know, uh, Dave Cavill's been 
just all of a sudden took over recently, the skipper of that ship. And he's supposed to be putting together a stadium. That's on the, on the shelf somewhere. You know, you look at, at that team, they're always competitive. It's like, how is it that a team that doesn't get paid well is always competitive? And you got other teams in the league that are getting paid better, and they go into Oakland, and they get ripped on. And I'm just like, okay, you know what that tells me? That tells me you got to respect the A's, and you got to respect, you know, what they're doing over there. But as much as I respect them, you know, I still think they're a team that you think, okay, when is this going to happen? When are they going to get over the hump? Because they're always close. They're always right there. And you think, okay, if they get over the hump, is this something that, you know, the, 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 the owners of, of the age, are they going to finally come forward and say, okay, look, here's a boatload of money. Let's build this Emerald City that we've been talking about. Let's get this done. It's like, man, it's like how, how much more – I mean, and I've, I've told this to Shu before. She laughed at me. I told him, I said, are the A's becoming the Raiders? It's like, God, it's, like, it's like, man, it's like how much more disrespect can this team take? Well, I tell you what, one of the biggest reasons why they win so much is the manager, Bob Melvin, an ex-teammate yeah. of mine. He's a fabulous manager, communicator. He doesn't hold back. He'll tell you straight to your face, are you having a good day or a bad day? And you see all these guys buying in, and not just one year. You see these guys buying in for a long time. Yeah. And that's one thing. When you have a leader like that, and, and I go back to Bruce Bochy, how did he win? Those teams love the guy. They He knows – he never, ever threw a guy under the bus in the postgame. Never. Yeah. A guy could have made three errors, and he would have said, ah, oh, just a bad day. Don't worry about it. He'll be yeah. better tomorrow. Yeah. That's the kind of manager you fight for. That's the kind of manager you want to win for. They've come so close, so close. And if you take that team and say you put it somewhere else, say you put it in Colorado, say you put it in Kansas City, how would they win? They would win, and the place would be packed every night. Because right. they have action on the field. They have offense. They have pitching. Uh, the, the, they just play good baseball. And what's going to happen, Richard, when they get to that free agency, bye, they're going to leave because they're going to go get their money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, what, what's your feelings now with, uh, you know, three games canceled today? Do you think Major League Baseball will make it through a season? I, I hope so. I, I hope they've had a little wake-up call here. I think teams need to do like basketball, get them in a bubble if they're going to travel, keep them all under one roof. Hell, put security guards by the door. Don't let them out of that hotel. you got to do something to stop this. And the only way they can is to keep eyes on them. And if they have to do that by bringing security in to watch your team, then do it. Shut down the elevators. Shut down the steps once they get to their rooms. They have to stop it and control it. If they can do that, and have these guys wear masks, and they've been doing it pretty good, I think they can play baseball. But I tell you what, Shu and Richard, the traveling part, by traveling to different cities and different states, that scares the hell out of me, and I'm not playing. To get on a plane to go somewhere else not knowing what the hell was there before I got there, I don't know. It's not too safe in my eyes. Well, you got a charter flight that's going to be clean. Hotels are going to be clean. I think it's like you said. These guys are going out after the games, and uh, you're just going to have to put some sentries in the hotel. Because we all used to leave, you know, break curfew. But now I think it, you almost have to have that bubble effect wherever they, whenever they're on the road. Otherwise, they're going to have to shut it down. And I think, like you said, I hate to say this too, but we talked about it. Somebody's going to have to die for these owners to realize that this is not – supposed to be happening in 2020 
Yeah, and you know, uh, Dave Martinez is a, a good friend of mine who played with the Giants, and he's the manager of the Nationals, and he's had some heart issues. And he came out today saying, I'm scared as hell, because any type of injury, you've seen it, a lot of players that have health, had health issues are worried about it, because yeah. those are the ones successful to, to get it. And, and here's Dave Martinez, the manager of the World Series champions, and he's literally coming out and saying, I'm scared. I'm really scared. And he's got to go forth and build his team and go out and try to win games. And, you know, it's not just him. It's everybody. And, and to wear the mask, to wash your hands. I don't know what they're doing in the clubhouses. I, I understand they're doing it very well, keeping social distancing and showers. You take the one towel and you throw it out. I mean, they're doing all the proper things. But you know what? A virus can spread like that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.